welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about because the end of the calendar year, 2019, is coming up pretty soon, and the decision that I've pretty much committed to is that I'm, I'm pretty much uh, cutting it off with uh, Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. Uh, pretty much, I'm going to be uh, cutting it off with uh, episode. What is the episode? Uh, episode number 303. Pretty much, that's going to be my last episode of Trennis Magnus Punches Reality for the year. And so I thought, well, considering that, what I've got here is a little bit of an opportunity to do sort of a, a year in review. And then it just, this idea that I had sort of expanded all by itself from there so this is the 2019 year in review 2020 coming attractions and the absolute state of the comics industry so i'm just gonna tackle these things point by point guys i'm gonna tell you something here this year has been really really weird for reasons that you guys know about for reasons that you guys don't know about a lot of weird shit has happened this year, and so as a pretty much as a direct result of that, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for releasing as many episodes this year as I was ultimately able to manage. Now, I know, I know, I didn't... 2019, hands down, without question, this is the emptiest year of Trinus Magnus Punch's reality since it launched. Because it launched in August of 2013, and so it's kind of hard to compete with 2013 just in terms of sheer number of episodes that were not released. But I guess aside from that, 2019 is actually a pretty close runner-up. Uh, I didn't release a new episode this year until May the 14th, which is to say precisely 10 days after my wedding. And basically, just to kind of fill in some blanks here real quick, I took the rest of uh, 2018 off. Basically, the last episode that I released that year was September the 25th. It was an it was basically the last episode of my Smallville retrospective for season six. Which, in case you didn't know, that was Smallville's shippiest season, season six. And so, I pretty much called it a day with 2018 in September, and then. That was that. Didn't come back to releasing episodes of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality until, as I say, February or sorry, May the 14th of uh, 2019. And then from there, I'm actually, like I say, I'm actually kind of proud of myself. I'm kind of fanning my own balls here a little bit for the number of episodes that I was able to to release this year. Quite a few. So all in all, I'm I'm actually kind of happy about that. Um, in particular, I spent a lot of time uh, talking about Legion of Superheroes comics, the five years later era that I'm just so in love with. I'm actually really proud of those episodes. I'm proud of how those things turned out. This is something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And considering the fact that I am, I, I enjoy Legion of Superheroes comics, I just love reading them don't really consider myself to be some kind of an authority on the Legion of Superheroes. So with that in mind, I can't say that I necessarily did those comics 
justice because considering how loaded with Easter eggs and little continuity tidbits and all those other sorts of things that you kind of need to be uh, uh, more of a, uh, a pedigreed sort of fan of the Legion to really pick up on, considering that I can't really claim to be a pedigreed fan. I think I did those episodes, or those issues, I should say, Legion of Superheroes Volume 4, Numbers 2 through 7. I think I did those things about as much justice as I was capable of doing them at that time. So, all in all, I think it, I think those episodes actually turned out really, really well. I'm very happy with them. And I'm going to be coming back to that in just a little while. But for right now, one of the things um, that uh, I, I, I do want to mention here is the number of movies that I talked about in 2019, whether we go by percentages or just per capita or just whatever else, I think I probably talked about more movies in my 2019 episodes than any other year of my show that I've ever done. And contrary to anything that you might be thinking right now, not necessarily the majority of those movie-related episodes were all dedicated to Joker. Quite a few of them were, but I, I'll i go out on a limb and suggest that the majority of those episodes were actually about of those movie-related episodes anyway, those were actually about movies that weren't Joker. So just right there, I'm actually really proud of of those shows and what I was able to do with them. In particular, uh, this is uh, episode 275. This, is, uh, this was about uh, The Mask of Zorro. I'm actually really proud of that episode, guys, because you need to understand something. I basically pantsed my way through that entire episode. Every, like... I would say that probably 85 or 90, maybe even 95% of what I said in that Mask of Zorro episode, it was all off the top of my head, guys. So everything that I said about, uh, I guess, my interpretation of Zorro as a character, how I've always regarded him, and how he relates to that, like specifically that era of Mexico's history and everything, I'm actually really proud of that. And... That episode actually won kind of an an unsung amount of appreciation. Uh, for for example, I think the one that I really remember is Gene Hendricks saying that, you know, he thought that I did a really good job with that episode. And guys, coming from like Gene Hendricks of all people, for him to say that, that means something to me, you know? So I was already kind of... I was already pretty happy with the way that the Mask of Zorro episode turned out. But then Gene Hendricks went ahead and put the cherry on top saying, hey, it's got his seal of approval too. And so, and then on top of all that, the the episode was in, in a way, it was kind of dedicated to a very devoted listener. His name is David Wang. That's one of his favorite epi- uh, favorite movies, I should say. And his response to that episode also was very positive and and, and very warm, and it just it just meant a lot, you know? It, it was nice to to get that kind of reaction from people, especially, like I say, from Gene. You know, I like Gene, and I, I, I think Gene likes me, but I it's just, I, I, I guess I wasn't expecting somebody of his station to, to opine like that and just say such warm and positive things. I just, I wasn't expecting that. So thank you very much, Gene. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to to say all that. So 
Uh, the next one of the next movies that I talked about, this was uh, Batman 89. And this was basically the kind of sort of from a certain point of view, 30 years later, retrospective. And, you know, I, I listen to that episode now. I don't really listen back to my old shows. I mean, pretty much when I release an episode, that's it. That's the end of it, you know? That one, though, I did listen back to, and I'm, maybe it's just a podcaster's vanity, you know, maybe, maybe that's the issue here, but I, I don't know, as I necessarily said everything that I wanted to say. I mean, I said a lot, and certainly I think it was, it was a lot different from some of the, the other retrospectives that came out about Batman 89, uh, especially over the summer, but looking back at it all now, I, I, I don't know. I'm, it, it, it's just hard to say. So I don't know. Maybe that's not anytime soon, but maybe at some point I might want to revisit that or some, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I haven't really, I haven't really figured that out just yet. So maybe, maybe not. So anyway, moving right along. Another thing that I thought turned out really well was the episode I did about 2008's Iron Man with Scott Gardner. Basically that was, well, it's all in the title, Lucy Goosey. That was very much a Lucy Goosey type of episode. It was basically, I just finished recording. I forget which one, but one, it was either the Unbreakable episode with Professor Allen or the Split episode with Professor Allen. It was one of the two. It was one of those two. I'm positive about that. And so I had unexpectedly on my part, but there was an opportunity to record with Scott Gardner and talk about Iron Man. And so I no sooner finished recording the episode with Professor Allen than I pretty much dove headfirst into the the Iron Man episode. And so if I sound like I'm a little bit punchy in that episode, that would be why. So that was kind of the behind the scenes baloney that was going on. And notwithstanding the fact that it was kind of a ramshackle type of episode, like I say, very loosey-goosey, I still think that episode turned out really well. I think Gardner and I, I think considering, like I say, the circumstances under which he and I recorded that that episode, I actually do think that we did the material quite a bit of justice. You know, I think we really did, we really did say everything that I think needed to, well, or probably most of what needed to be said about Iron Man. And it was also, at least for me, kind of interesting to hear Scott Gardner's comments about Endgame, because unbeknownst to me, he hadn't really spoken up a whole lot about his real feelings about Endgame in public. And so, guys, that really could have gone either way. You know, I'm when you podcast, and especially whenever you podcast with a guest, you never really know what's going to happen. You can have all the ideas that you want. You can have all the plans that you want. You can have all the notes that you want. But at the end of the day, when you click record, whatever's going to happen is what's going to happen. And you you can't really control for that too much. And so, like I say, when uh, Gardner just started talking about Endgame and what he really thinks about that movie, not all of which is positive... There's always the potential that this thing could fall apart around your ears. And so it's very lucky. uh, Luckily for me, that didn't happen. So all in all, you know, uh, with Gardner, 
Gardner adding in all that extra material that I wasn't expecting about Endgame. The comments that, let's face it, I was kind of expecting for Iron uh, Iron Man itself. That episode, I'm actually really proud of that episode too, you know? it Because like I say, it, it could have gone any number of different ways, not all of which are necessarily positive. So all in all, I'm I'm very happy and very thrilled uh, with that episode. Another, another kind of good moment, this uh, was actually not very long later, chronologically speaking. Uh, this was episode 284. This was about the, this was basically my, my opening salvo for Smallville, the sainted seventh season. And I'd been planning that for quite a long time. And I even had a cut, a, a few nasty little notes that I wanted to throw in there. I outlined my reason for some of those nasty little notes. And if you're curious what I'm talking about, track down episode 284, I explain why I got a little bit nasty near the end of that episode. And here again, this is one of those things that could have gone either way. Because whenever you podcast solo, and then you have some kind of nasty things to say about, well, let's say, let, let's face it, institutions, and not not by name, but certainly people that your listeners have probably heard of and have probably already developed an opinion about, there's always the possibility this could explode in your face. And that didn't, you know. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to, but it was probably around the end of last year, which is to say the end of 2018, that I began kind of smothering Trennis Magnus Punch's reality a little bit with a pillow. I don't know how much longer my... Well, I mean, I kind of know how much longer my podcast is going to be around. But this is not an eternal thing, guys. And so, not necessarily protecting anybody anymore. And uh, God knows that came to the fore in episode 284. And the response to that was overwhelmingly positive. Not so much the nasty stuff, but the other things. I got a text message from... Actually, you know what? Well, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I got a text message from Dave Atterbury about that episode, specifically the Smallville component of that episode. Not the nasty things, but the Smallville component of that episode. He responded to very, very favorably, very positively. He made it very clear to me that if I want to do one episode of Magnus Talks About Smallville for one episode of my uh, or uh, of uh, the uh, Sainted Season 7... He's on board with that. So there's one happy customer right there. So anyways, so let's see. Going right along here, I did a, this was, uh, this was an episode that I promised to Scott Rifen. Guys, I'm not kidding. It may actually be as long as five fucking years ago that I made a promise to Scott Rifen that I was going to have him back on the show so that he and I could talk about Spider-Girl numbers two and three. And... And did. I mean, just to kind of go back in time here a little bit, the original episode that I did uh, about Spider-Girl with Rifen, the original arrangement that he and I had was that we were going to talk about numbers one, two, and three. But I was such a big blabbermouth in that episode, it ran so long, and I ended up accidentally running out the clock on Rifen. And so we weren't able to get to numbers two and three in that episode. And he really wanted to. He's a big, obviously, he's a big fan of that series. And so I promised him, I, I said, man, look, 
I know not when, but at some point I'm going to have you back on my show and we're going to, we're going to get this right. We're going to knock out uh, Spider-Girl numbers two and three. And he kindly agreed to that. And it was years before I was able to really pay that off. And so I'm, I'm happy that I was finally able to do it. And I'm also happy that he and I were on just such the same page with that series and just how good it is. Because I love Spider-Girl. not In no small part, I should add, because of the fact that it takes place in the future. And it just it's a very different status quo from what things were like month to month in the Spider-Man titles of that time. And God knows, even now. And so for that reason, well, for that reason alone, not just for that reason, but for that reason alone, Spider-Girl was always going to be kind of a favorite of mine. And I'm really happy that I was able to get Rife uh, back on the show. I heard I uh, heard from him later about it, and he said he was very happy and very pleased with the way that things turned out. So all in all, this was, if I again, if I can pat myself on the back here a little bit, I think this episode was was pretty much a home run. So from there, I launched into a a series about Batman versus Joker stories, just a, a not a big thing, but it was just a handful of Joker comics that I've had a tremendous amount of affection for for a lot of years. And basically, if you hadn't guessed, that was all part of the buildup to uh, that was all part of the buildup to the theatrical release of Joker. I've never done a, a tie-in series of podcast episodes about a about an upcoming movie. When the movie went on to be a hit, it's just, it's never happened. I mean, I did it for Amazing Spider-Man 2, and that movie tanked. I did it for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, and I don't, I don't think it's accurate at all to say that movie tanked because simple math shows that it didn't, but that movie didn't really, it didn't really find the audience, uh, like the core audience that it should have. And so, however you want to look at it, it may have been a commercial success. It was not exactly a critical success. This I do affirm. So I wasn't really planning a whole lot for the release of Joker. Like I said, I basically knocked out those four episodes and then pretty much that was that. And so imagine my surprise when the movie goes on to score a billion fucking dollars at the box office. Needless to say, I was not expecting that. Nevertheless, that's what happened. So there you go. Shifting gears after that, I, I did a series of episodes that were basically meant to be scary movies. Basically something that you can tie into Halloween as a season one way or another no matter how tangentially, even if it, like I say, it's just a scary movie that you might watch near Halloween. There you go. And all in all, I think I did those, uh, the, those movies justice as well. I mean, I, I think the weakest of the bunch may have been the crow. And the reason for that, it could come down to the fact <clears throat> that the crow is just, it, it's a good movie, but for me, it's just, it's not a classic. I mean, I've got, some nostalgia for it, I guess. But this isn't a time-honored classic for me, like, say, 
the first Halloween movie is, or even for that matter, Halloween H2O, which is a stupid name for a movie, but nevertheless, that is the name of that movie, so I'm left calling it H2O. I've got some nostalgia for that, but I I would say that H2O is objectively a a, a good scary movie. It, it's a good Halloween movie. I mean, there are some caveats to that. You know, I, I've got some disclaimers that go with that, but in the main, yeah. <clears throat> and speaking of Halloween H2O, I haven't really talked about that movie at length on my podcast at any point, but at some point I do want to do that because I've got a hot take on Halloween H2O that hand on heart. Guys, I don't think any of you have ever heard from anyone anywhere ever before. So at some point or another, I don't, maybe 2020, I don't know, but at some point, yeah, I I, I do want, I, I do want to have an episode about Halloween H20. I'm just going to have to figure out how, how things are going there. So anyway, following that, I, I talked about the entire East Rail 177 trilogy with Professor Allen. And here again, I'm going to pat myself on the back and say that I think those episodes actually turned out really, really well. I'm really proud of those episodes. I think Professor Allen, Professor Allen and I both did a good job with them. And and I, by that, I mean all three of them, all three of the movies. And, you know, Glass, I like Glass. And I listened to the the episode that he and I did about Glass. And I, I would say that you might think that I dislike Glass more than I actually do. I do like it. I just don't think that's a the last maybe 15, like 10 or 15 minutes of that movie. I don't know that that necessarily is the is the best possible climax to the trilogy. But you know what? It's a climax. The story's over. It's finished. We can all move on now. The story has a beginning. It's got a middle and it's got an end. And for that reason alone, I'm actually tempted to give Glass extra points, you know, just for that, you know. So anyway, all three uh, of those episodes, like I say, I think they all three of them turned out great. I'm very happy and uh, just very proud of of the way that things went with with that trilogy of movies and that trilogy of episodes. So anyway, uh, after that, I wanted to wrap up uh, 2019, just kind of put a bow around 2019 in things on a positive note. And so I thought considering the fact that there's a new Star Wars movie coming up soon. What better way to close out 2019 than talking about all the stuff that I love about Star Wars and, in the bargain, drag... uh, I was about to say Professor Allen. Drag Scott Rifen back to the show so that he and I can finish out 2019 in style, talking about Star Wars, and then that's pretty much that. Now, some people noticed that we, or at least I focused my comments primarily on the original trilogy and didn't really talk too much about the new the uh, new movies especially the uh, sequel trilogy and what i'm going to do guys is say to you the mission statement for that episode number 303 the mission statement for that episode it's right there in the title why we love star wars And as a companion to that, I'm going to say that I had absolutely no comment whatsoever about the sequel trilogy. You can read anything you want into that. But like I say, the name of the game was being positive 
and being happy and excited about Star Wars and just letting the pieces fall where they will. And so that's what I did. And I regret nothing. So anyway, so that's in a nutshell, that's pretty much what I was up to in 2019. I mean, yeah, I skipped a few things, but in the main, that's what I was up to in 2019. So looking ahead to 2020, I don't have a, a complete idea of what I'm going to be doing. And the reason for that is because I've switched over to a more, shall we say, unstructured, uh, unstructured approach to, to podcasting. I don't want to have my entire year planned out in advance before we, we even get into that year. And so basically what I'm going to do is just let the fates take me wherever they're going to take me. And then that's pretty much going to be that. Now, I do have an idea of how 2020 is going to start, at least as far as my podcast is concerned. I've got a little bit of an idea of how 2020 is going to start. So I'm going to commit at least to this much. I promised you, uh, in this was back in episode number 281. I promised you back in episode 281 that I was going to come back to the Legion of Superheroes five years later and, you know, knock out a few more episodes about that. And I even said just a little while ago that I'm going to be coming back to the subject of the five years later Legion. And so here we are. I'm coming back to the five years later Legion. I've basically got everything organized and sorted out and pretty much ready to go. I know which comics I'm going to be talking about. And so I'm pretty much loaded for bear. So that's one thing. Uh, so you should expect sooner, I would think, rather than later, to get more five years later Legion of Superheroes episodes. So you've got that coming up. But another change that I'm making to Trinus Magnus Puncher's reality is that I'm going to try to be a bit more intentional about uh, talking about feedback because that's something that I really have let go. And so the end result of that is that I've, guys, again, I am not exaggerating. I've got feedback that in some cases goes back five fucking years, okay? Five years. And so in, I, I would think several, probably, possibly all, but at the very least, most of those Legion of Superheroes five years later episodes I'm going to be doing, I'm going to work some feedback in there as well. And going forward, like I say, I'm, I'm, I don't care how long a given episode might already be. I'm... I'm going to try to include uh, feedback in every single one of them. That way I can start clearing the decks a bit and getting a bit more caught up. So I don't have to go through the embarrassment of saying, and here's an email that was sent in by so-and-so back in 2014. I don't have to do that anymore. So that's, that's what I'm going to be. So that's something that you should expect uh, in 2020 is me reading a shit ton more feedback because I've got a shit ton of feedback to read. So, so that's that stuff. Now, one of the ideas that I'm kind of toying with, I'm not promising anything. I'm not announcing anything. This isn't a guarantee. This is just an idea that I've been just kind of thinking about. Basically, I'm thinking about doing a deep dive into the Bronze Age, specifically the 70s, Marvel and DC and just all this wacky stuff that was happening in the 70s. The idea is not necessarily to do a deep dive into any single title or comic book that was coming out at that time, 
but just kind of cut through the glorious ice cream of comics that were coming out generally in the 70s. And maybe I can get a couple of guest stars in, uh, in on that action. I can think of a few people. Some of the titles that I'm thinking about, I already know of some podcasters out there who may want a piece of that. So again, not promising anything, not announcing anything. I'm just saying, don't be surprised if this ends up happening. So there you go. So there's that to think about. And that kind of leads into where I'm coming from right now with the comic book industry. Now guys, there are people out there who seem like they're a lot smarter than I am, and they are definitely more knowledgeable about the comic book industry and publishing and all that fun stuff. They say with something akin to confidence that DC Comics is basically on its last legs and that they've even got on on a limb and said that DC Comics as we know it will not survive 2020. So what does that mean? That at some point before the clock strikes midnight, sometime on or before 11.59 p.m. on December the 31st, 2020, we should expect to hear that it could be that DC Comics just full stop is going out of business. Just that simple. Uh, it could be something else. I don't know. Now, years and years ago, guys, I released an episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's Reality wherein I described what I thought would be meaningful and relevant steps to saving perhaps not the entire comic book industry, but saving DC Comics. And my view is that as DC goes, so goes the rest of the industry. And so I basically outlined a series of steps that DC management could take that would, if implemented at that time, I am convinced would have saved, I can't say necessarily the entire industry, but certainly would have saved DC. Guys, I don't know if those steps would save DC anymore. At this point, it may just be a, a mathematical certainty that DC Comics is going under and in the bargain, it's going to take the rest of the comic book industry with it. All right. Marvel, it, I've always kind of subscribed to the belief that from a business point of view, since the great collapse of 1993, DC Comics needs Marvel in order for DC Comics to remain in business. And Marvel Comics needs DC Comics in order for Marvel Comics to remain in business. They need each other. When you come right down to it, Marvel... Marvel Comics, it may be a big company. It's not big enough to, to basically carry the entire industry, all or most of the industry, on its own shoulders. DC Comics, it may be a relatively big company. It is not big enough to carry the entire weight or all or most of the weight of the comic book industry on its own shoulders. The, two, the big two, they need each other. They need, there needs to be two in the industry, two biggies. And if one of them or the other implodes, it's just a matter of time until the other one goes down too. The reason is these, these comic book shops, they need the variety that DC and Marvel both bring to the table. If DC stops publishing comics, 
those those shops are going to go out of business sooner or later. Marvel alone cannot prop them up. In fact, DC and Marvel cannot prop all of them up. Those things are dropping like flies. But for sure, if they've got at this point, like, what is DC up to these days? Like 30% of the market or 40% of the market or something like that. If basically 30 or 40% of, of these comic book shops product just evaporates, Guys, there's no way around it. They're fucking going out of business. It's that simple. And if all of those shops go out of business, as I promise you they will, Marvel is going out too. And so from there, it's a domino effect. All of those indie publishers, uh, Boom Studios, Kitchen Sink, um, Antarctic Press, just so on and so on, just fucking whatever's out there these days, all of them are going down too. The failure of DC Comics is going to have a trickle-down effect where everyone else is, is going to be living on welfare as well, all right? Mark my words and read them back to me later. If, if, triple underline that, if DC Comics goes out of business, they're taking everybody else with them, all right? So, what does that mean for us as fans? Uh... Honestly, guys, to me, not very much. You know, I don't want DC to fail. I want DC to succeed. I want Marvel to I want everybody who's in comics, who's in that industry, in that business, I want all of them to succeed beyond their wildest dreams. But the fact is, guys, we're at a point right now where I'm just going to put it out there, guys. Some comic books have a cover price of $4.99, okay? Now, I will be damned before I pay $4.99 as a cover price, okay? It's just not going to fucking happen. Even if Barry Windsor Smith himself was... He was doing the art for every single fucking comic book that came out as... And no, that's not possible, I understand. But I'm just saying, even if it was somehow possible for every single one of these comic books to be written by or sorry, drawn by Barry Windsor Smith, even if some uh, heavyweight, some giant for me, like Carrie Bates or Elliot Magan, Denny O'Neill, or any of the rest of them, uh, they were the ones who were writing all of the comics that are coming out. There's just no fucking way I'm paying $4.99 cover price, okay? It's just not going to fucking happen. So, but that's not what's what's going on. It's not Barry Windsor Smith who draws uh, all of the comics. Most comics these days are drawn by people who have no fucking business being in this industry. They're shit artists. They have no talent. And all they're really good at is marketing themselves. That's it. That's their claim to fame. Same thing with writers. Most writers have no fucking business being in this industry. And 30 years ago, they wouldn't have had a shot in hell. No chance in hell of getting work in this industry. But it's not 30 years ago. It's 20 fucking 19. And in the current year... Anybody who has the right political ideology or if they check the right, the right progressive boxes, those are the people that are, uh, that are getting all the work in comics. That's where we are now. And so between shit artists, shit writers, and sky-high cover prices, the modern-day comic book industry has nothing, nothing, fucking nothing to offer me. Nothing at all. And so what I've been doing is just 
obviously, I mean, if you look at the, the comics that I talk about on this podcast, I'm a back issue guy. I like going back to, uh, back to the old issues, just doing deep dives, going through those bins. Not that I go through bins anymore. Today, I'm all digital, but I, uh, I guess metaphorically, going to the bins and just digging back to comics that I can enjoy and respect. And if I had to give you an explanation, just to kind of tie everything back here, if I had to give you an explanation as to why it is that I'm seriously thinking about this Bronze Age series, again, I'm not promising it, I'm not announcing it, I'm not guaranteeing it, I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying that one of the reasons why I'm seriously considering doing this Bronze Age series is well, it's precisely because of the absolute state of the modern-day comic book industry. This is where we are now. So, and I'm not saying that everything that happened in the Bronze Age is this runaway success. I'm not making that claim. I'm just saying that those are at least comics that they at least are not designed to create mortal offense. And so for that reason alone, they've got my respect. So anyway, so there you go. There you have it. 2019 year in review, 2020 coming attractions, and the absolute state of the comics industry. So I don't know if this, I mean, I know for sure I've, by the time you guys are hearing this, I either have released or else I will soon release the final episode of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality for 2019. I don't know if this is going to be the final episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's reality for 2019, but just in case it is, thanks a lot. I appreciate all of you taking the time to, to listen to me, to send in feedback, to join the Facebook group and post your thoughts there. I'd like to thank all of you for sticking with me through all of these years and through the various hiatuses. Is that the hiatuses. Is that the correct plural for hiatus? Whatever. All the time off uh, that I ended up having to take at different points through throughout 2019. Thanks a lot, guys, for sticking with me. So, I think that's pretty much it for me for right now. So, bye, everybody. I'll see you next time whenever that might be. I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find this show on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. 
There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. My Facebook group is the only official place where you can find everything that has anything to do with this show. The reason for that is because I despise Twitter. Pretty much everything about Twitter sucks. So join the Facebook group today. Speaking of Facebook, you can friend me just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trentusmagnus at gmail.com. But remember, all feedback and correspondence emailed to me will be read on mic unless you request otherwise. So, if your email isn't intended for public consumption, don't forget to say so. Otherwise, I'll assume that you want your correspondence to be heard by my dozens, and dozens, of fans across the world. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise! Since we're on the subject of feedback, Trentus Magnus Punches Reality can be found on iTunes just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Won't you take a moment to rate my show on iTunes? That helps new listeners find the show. And just in case you don't think that I've given you enough shit to click on just yet, you can sponsor my show simply by going to twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the PayPal button, donate any amount at all, specify that you're sending Magnus some monetary love, and you will be an official sponsor of my show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there's no minimum donation. Be a Trennis Magnus show sponsor today. I don't have a Patreon. Because if you think that I hate Twitter, boy, just wait till you hear what I think of Patreon. So, if you want to throw some bucks my way, the Two True Freaks PayPal link is the way to do it. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law. Some assembly required. Batteries not included. Many will enter. Few will win. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trinus Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonsacor of Milan, Italy. <laughs>